Welcome to the Marketing Retro Podcast, where Josh and Adrian talk about what is on their marketing minds this week. Josh, what are you thinking about? Hi, Adrian. How are you? Hi. I'm well. I'm well. I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Josh? That's good. Um, I'm good. I'm good. And what's on my mind is I've been thinking a lot about offers, like in terms of lead magnets, stuff like that, and just like level of commitment for different asks, motivation, all those little pieces that go into whether you're capturing an email, capturing a purchase, you know, getting someone to sign up for something like a demo or whatnot. So my brain's been bouncing all around those areas, one for myself and referral mm-hmm. work, um, and, and two, just as a person that is also just like looking to get help in different areas. And um, I found some really interesting offers that I like either have bought recently or have been just very intrigued enough to buy. So I thought that'd be interesting today. Interesting. So I'm also, I'm reading a lot of things and I've talked to a few people about this kind of stuff. So I'm interested to hear like what got you started thinking about this and kind of, you mentioned bouncing around from a few things. Tell us about like, where did you go? How did it start? I need some backstory. So, yeah. So first we'll start with on the referral rock side. So I've been, you know, we're always looking at, uh, improving conversion rates. Um, I, we have typically only had a sign up or a demo request form as quote unquote, the like conversion points. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I've, I've always been thinking about, is there a mid funnel type of thing I could be doing? And, you know, the natural thing in content marketing, and I know there's a lot of uh, hate and head bashing around this one, but the whole classic, like gated, gated content, sort of a discussion. So that's that's one of the pieces on my mind. Um, okay. And other ones have just been like, what are other creative ways to do it? Like quizzes and e- drip emails. There's all kinds of things you can do. And, you know, what fits right and how do you do it in a, I would say, eth- like, yeah, I do mean like an ethical way or a nice way because how do you right. do it to where they're getting value, they don't feel like sold to, they don't feel like bad, like this is really the direction someone is going and how do you help them along? I'm so glad you mentioned gated content because this is an issue in the content marketing world as a content lead that I, uh, I've walked the line of it. So I have even tweeted in the past, like I hate gated content. There's no point in it. Stop doing it. Um, I've seen (laughs) really good stuff not be gated at all. And like, in a way that um, I worked with a company one time, we created this huge ebook and we had a chat bot pop up in the middle of the ebook that would say, Hey, this is a really long piece. We'd love to email it to you. So you, that's, so it doesn't get lost. So then it's right. like, Oh, we know we're, you know, capturing people who could be interested or who, um, you know, want to hold on to it for future reference. But the problem with that and creating content to gate, especially when it's, first daddy, first data, like party data type stuff. You're really like mm-hmm. creating some solid pieces is you're, you're also going to get a lot of writers, a lot of other marketers, a lot of people within your same industry competitors who want to look at this content as well. So if that's the piece, you really have to think about what is it that we're writing and who are we appealing to, to make sure that it can be used for lead generation. So I've always kind of been on the no side, like it's just not Mm -hmm. worth it, right? Like the juice isn't worth the squeeze. But then I talked to Mark Thomas at Powered by Search and he, they use gated content quite a bit. And he's like, it can't just be 
your standard blog post or a standard white paper, what you create really does is where you gain that trust to earn someone's email address or anything like that. Like, um, we actually talked about this on the other podcast that I do, but he is so thorough and so, um, uh, just like you said, ethical in the terms of what he gates that not only is it, um, beneficial for the brands they work with, but he's talking about like conversions and high conversion rates and then revenue, like actually gating this content leads to a lot of revenue and, and things like that. So I'm still on the, like, it depends camp. I think. I, I agree with that. And I think what I drew out of what you were saying was it depends on the intention, right? So I think the challenge is a lot of people with the the old like, hey, my job is to collect as many email addresses as possible, collect as many leads as possible. Like, that's fine if that is truly the one thing on the extreme end that you want to do. So you're willing to throw what other kind of crap gated content that is deflating or not worth like downloading a checklist or downloading whatever, um, or, you know, you're willing to kind of put whatever you want to get that type of intention. Now, if you end up with a bad user experience because of it or a bad brand impression because of it, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is annoying, right? Like, but I think we have to take ourselves out of like, yes, as content marketers, we probably hate it because we just want, we're trying to get the data. We're trying to get the statistics so we can put into our blog post or whatever. So right. it feels like you don't really, I don't want to be on your email list. You don't want me on your email list. Right. Why do? Why am I dealing with this thing? Right. So yes. there's, there's that. And maybe you weren't the topic of the audience. Maybe you weren't the, the subject matter that should be necessarily uh, that that marketer was targeting or the marketer was just, you know, they're, they're, their OKRs are related to how many MQLs they can generate. So those are all the, like the pieces to consider. And I, you know, I look at Mark's stuff. I love Mark's stuff. Right. And, right. and, and they, but they do pack so much value and stuff in their, in their pieces. And, you know, anything that they write is probably, or they put behind a lead magnet. It's probably not like, doesn't have an SEO benefit. So it doesn't make sense to publish it. They maybe they do want some people to jump through a little bit of hurdles. It acts as a, you know, mechanism for qualification for them as well. Mm-hmm. Like how serious are you about this? Um, and they know where to kind of zoom in and the people that are curious and serious enough to want to get lots of B2B conversion rate SaaS data are probably a good fit for them. So and they probably spent a lot of time working on those pieces. Yeah. So it's probably worth a trade off. Absolutely. And I think sometimes thinking about what can be gated, I think sometimes we only think, oh, it's the white paper or the ebook, like that one big piece of written content. But, you know, there are things like calculators or tools or, mm-hmm. you know, like other really kind of interesting interactive things that can be gated um, that works really well. Things that I've seen that should never be gated and I don't understand why people do are case studies. Why mm-hmm. on earth mm. would you gate a case study? Like I, okay, no, I take that back. I can see from the <laughs> marketer's point of view why you want to gate it. Because if you're looking at my case studies, you're pretty interested in what we're doing. Like you're looking for testimonials. You're looking to see, and you're, and by choosing the case study you're looking at, I can know maybe what industry you're in. Like I can learn a lot of information, but from just a like consumer, why would you put friction 
right there. Why would you not allow anybody to just see it? Now I can see like sometimes we work with case studies where things need to be anonymous or you don't, the, you know, the person doing the case study doesn't want all of the information, but there are workarounds besides putting yeah. that behind a gated content. That's one of the ones that I'm like, why, why would you do that? That's not smart. I, I'd, I'd agree with that. Cause it, what you're really, that should be a great selling point. And also, especially with a uh, multi person, uh, like buying committee, like let's say one of my staff like went and was looking at a certain thing and they, they sent me a link to a case study, but I already know they're the ones on the calls, taking the demos, vetting the software. And they're like, Hey, I want you to check this out. Here's a link to their case study. And then I go in there and then I have to put in my email address and now mm. I've got added to their funnel and then I'm getting marketed. And if they're even doing their CRM stuff, right? I might get a different sales rep that is now attacking me for trying to get me on a demo where they're, we're already in their queue with the other person. And it's just adding more layers of annoyance again, for the trying to get the fact of they're trying to, you know, potentially get, get more, uh, I don't know, just, just like get more leads and get more, more interest yeah. where, so, um, yeah, I, I I would be on the agreement side with you on case studies. Not a blanket rule. I'm sure someone out there probably has sure. uh, a reason, a good reason to not have them. Um, but I would say competitors are not a good reason to gate that because like Mm-mm. if they really want around it, anyone can create an email from anywhere. They can ask a friend to download it, whatever. So if that's your reason, then I think you should back off that one. They already have it. If that's your reason, <laughs> just know your competitors already have it. Like trust in competitive intelligence doing what I, yeah, they got it. Um, but so what about is it that you're, you, you mentioned the mid funnel. And so mm-hmm. that's a really, cha- the mid funnel is a challenging spot in content marketing because it's just mm-hmm. a little fuzzy. Top of funnel, really clear, right? Like we're talking about brand yeah. awareness. We're talking about like overall general type topics, nothing too technical, mm-hmm. nothing too specific to our product. And then bottom of the funnel, also very clear. We know we're talking about what the product does. How can the product serve you? Who are ideal customers? Like really sending more targeted kind of messaging to our ideal customer. And I've always just kind of said middle of the funnel is, everything else like how are you defining (laughs) middle of the funnel and then what what kind of what's your thought process around what to create so i'm thinking in my mind just problem aware is is middle of the funnel to me like people i i view the in-market active shopping as like the bottom um they're the ones that are just like looking for x software or looking for x solution really more towards that, like they are shopping it, they're looking at reviews, they're looking at competitors, that to me is the bottom. And mm-hmm. then that next level up, because I like to usually like stack one direction um, and, and go up is just problem aware. Like I know there's a problem, maybe I'm just not convinced these things, these solutions out there are good solutions for it. Like I am, so so that that's that area. And that's where I'm, I'm glad you brought up the idea of like interactive quizzes. And I think those are great for that because mm-hmm. it's, it's a low, a low commit way to put in some tactile personalized data, you know, whether it's like demographics or whatever else into the calculators or into these interactive quizzes and that type of thing and get out some sort of point of view on results. Maybe the ideal ones could mix their proprietary data and it would be really cool Mm -hmm. to see, or even just their own assessment and scoring methodology, which I know we just released our episode on like frameworks and different things. So there's a lot of ways that that I think a good middle funnel piece could help. The challenge Mm -hmm. is they're hard to build. Like they're really, they're not, it's not just 
a ebook. It's not just a white paper. It's not just like a downloadable checklist to do it right and to get some, I think, to really kind of put more of your point of view spin on it. It takes a lot of work and it's a high bar today, like doing these interactive things. Yet there's a lot of no code tools and all these pieces. But um, when you're looking for that mid funnel thing, which I'm kind of in that phase, uh, I have you know notes on doing a quiz, doing all these things, but I'm just like at the end of it, I'm like, ah, oh, I just want to put up a form and just collect some emails. <laughs> so, why can't so, it just you know. be that easy? Like here, and that's probably <laughs> honestly why most people hate gated content because it's just like, oh no, we're done. Like, let's just see. Let's get the low hanging fruit. Let's just see what yes. will come. You know, we'll and come so back we'll, to it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put up this. <laughs> ebook that we put together in a week and you know make it a light form i've seen that where it's like no let's just make it a light form which means we just need your name and your email it's just a light form as opposed to like i've filled out those forms where it's like your blood type and your firstborn's name and where do you live and like I'm, you're getting a little crazy i don't need your white paper data that much but yeah right, that's right. probably why yeah. that exists yeah yeah definitely um, but I'm glad you brought that up too about all the different fields and any of these, when I'm trying to go back to like, what, what is really the point of these? Right. Yeah. Like, and, and I think hopefully you have a good offer, right? The end value that you're giving, whether it's that white paper, that's that getting the results of the quiz, is this going to be a good ROI for us? Like different things like that. Um, but what you put in the friction up front. I think matters, right? Like, so, mm-hmm. and I think you'll get it. You're, you're only going to get what you put in. So if something is nice and it seems like a good balanced ask is like, oh, I'm asking for, you know, how many employees you have? It's like, okay, fine, whatever. Maybe you can get it from clear bit, but <laughs> like you're asking for all these other things, but it, what integrations do you use? Other little things that start to feel more like consultative, right? Because yeah. then you can give them a better answer. But those other fields where, yeah, blood type of your firstborn child, like all these other pieces, or again, all these other fields that you can get, those are all there and they're all going to cause friction. Now, if there's a, if someone can think that there's a value trade-off on there, that could be beneficial. Um, But oftentimes I feel like, yeah, most of these fields have way too much stuff that could be pulled from somewhere else. And you're probably just doing your own self a disservice, even though I know it can operate as a qualification mechanism. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And that's why it's there. Like the, how many employees do you have? What's your job title? Mm-hmm. You know, all of those kinds of questions are there to see if you're a fit for whatever they're trying to sell you. But, and I've all, it's so obvious that that's what they're doing at that forefront rather than serving me and making it to where whatever it is, I'm, it's more convenient for me to, Hey, we're going to, like I've said, I love it when it's just like, Hey, this is really big. We're going to email you or let, you know, make sure you save this in your download. So let's, let's, you know, can we have your email address kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know immediately that I'm a lead and then, you know, you get an email from somebody and there are so many times where I would get an email from an enterprise level company. Cause you go through and you fill out like eight form mm-hmm. uh, blanks or whatever. And um, I would reply and be like, Hey, I'm just a freelance writer. Like I am not a customer. I really just needed the data, but now I'm in their funnel and it doesn't matter that I've responded and said, I'm just a freelance writer. Don't like, don't waste your time on me. 
you know, mm-hmm. you're in their automation system and it's probably, I mean, so many things go into that, right? Like they're, they don't understand their customer's intention. They're, they don't care, right? They're just trying to get their MQLs. Their measurement is there. Look, we got all this. And then now it's in their CRM and it's an automated, I'm on a drip, right? Like it, right. it doesn't matter. I'm on a drip until I do a, a Calendly link regardless right. of who I am or what I am. And like, what a waste of time because... <laughs> I've literally said, I'm just a freelance writer. This is a waste of your time. But once you're in the system, you're in the system. And the system isn't set up to serve the customer. At that point, you know, the system is not there to to do well by the reader, the customer, or whoever the person interests, the person in the audience. And so I think if we switch that mindset from how can I get my MQLs? How can we get more leads? How can I do this to... How can we make sure that our customers getting value out of this? Is this worth their time? It's just a different, it's a different mindset that it hopefully it is. It is. serves them better. I do think there's some considerations on the, cause I definitely can side on the ops side of that. Like it's, I think what, what you need to do is try to figure out a way to kind of get both right. Like, cause it, it's, it's still a trade, right? It's a trade of time and resources on both sides. Yeah. And I do think when people just, you know, oh, you're on the list. I got your email, and I'm going to blast you with all the stuff. Like that's one thing, and but also just and there's different ways to have that. I feel like, like I I, I like the I'm going to lean on the side of let's say on the business a little more business uh, focused side or more business sided. And if we have an email address, and if someone does reply and say, hey, can you take yeah, we're instantly take te- try to take it off as soon as possible. Um, the other side uh, is like, okay, maybe I'll send you an email or I'll send you, but that first email I'm going to send you, let's say it wasn't on topic. Let's say it is from our newsletter. I'm going to put, hey, you get, you're getting this because you did this. Mm-hmm. First, and if there's a big unsubscribe button right away, like I'm going to yeah. let the, I'm going to let the, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to default to being a little more assertive and send them the email and not like go on the other side where I'm just passive and don't use my email list at all. But I'm going to lean into being a little assertive, but upfront with it and being like, but you can unsubscribe or, Hey, we're going to send you two of these. And if you don't like any of them, we're going to stop sending it to you or whatever. So they can passively unsubscribe if they don't interact at all. Cause we probably don't want them on their list. Um, right. But also upfront, Hey, you don't get the angry, like, hey, I never subscribed. It's just, yeah, we made it super easy. We're super transparent about it that we are sending you one because we did a value trade two weeks ago when you downloaded my thing. And now right. that's okay. And I'm going to reach out to you. But here's a quick way to just exit out of it right away. So and that's also that's kind of how really, I look at it. That's a great reminder for the reader because there's so many times where we're all just signing up for stuff. Like, I know I've signed up for a tool. I or something on somebody's website. And the guy has been emailing me and following up. And I don't remember Mm -hmm. filling in a form or signing up for something. And so being a part of a newsletter, that's just information, but then acknowledging the fact like, Hey, you got this, you signed up for this. This is why we're in your inbox. Don't forget. Like that's such a good reminder for the reader because there's a lot, like, we don't know what, we don't know who you are. We're, you know, we're, looking through 15 tools or maybe not even looking for the same kind of tool. We're just kind of looking for things in a general area. Like that's a really good reminder to make sure that you're keeping people who you want to keep. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Um, Before we kind of, I did want to cover one other topic that 
I know I brought it at the beginning and um, I know we could probably go on talking about these forever because this is just a massive topic about offers and this value exchange and all of these friction pieces or motivation pieces. And But one of the things I did want to bring up, which was one of the other impetuses, was as a buyer, um, and I know you're a consultant, so I think mm-hmm. this will touch your heart. Um, so it was interesting because I came across in the past week two different instances of where I just almost just like clicked and bought from a consultant without like too much thought. And it was basically because they crafted these offers for just a quick little, um, uh, just a quick little commit. It was, they set, it was like a $500 commit to one of them was for a get feedback on your homepage. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it's really well done to where, Again, thinking of low commitments and the friction is money, right? Like paying $500, but the value potential is really good because they even say, you know, hey, uh, as a B2B enterprise SaaS, your return on investment could be super high, but here's a click to buy $500. We'll do an assessment. We'll analyze every part of your homepage. In three days, you'll receive a slide deck of our findings along with a video summary with actual recommendations to improve clarity and drive resonance. Nice. who it's for. You're a founder, early stage startup. You struggle to succinctly explain what your startup does and who it's for. Yeah, of course. We're all too close to it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and it's like, if you're unsatisfied with your audit, we'll refund you 100% of your payment. Click here to buy for $500. And it was like, I didn't buy it yet. I've been working on this a lot. But I it crossed my mind as like a way to just Hey, maybe they're going to find one or two nuggets that I missed. Maybe they're going to find a thousand things that I missed. I don't know. But for $500, that doesn't seem like a bad ask, knowing it's a fixed thing. Like if this was yeah. a consultant saying, hey, I'm going to let's get on the phone. It'd be like, I don't even know, but at least I know where the limit of the ask is. It's like $500. I could bear to do $500 and just like, you know, almost even if it turned out to be not great or I got one thing out of it, it probably would have been you know, valuable enough. Yeah. um, The other example, before I let you comment real quick, sorry, is there's a, there was a one, a similar one for an SEO, which I found was also interesting. And I think it was like a similar type of offer. It was like a, oh, power half hour. So you fill out a form and I give you a half hour screencast showing you everything I would do if I were running SEO for your business for $150. It was like, oh, "Oh, that just seems like a low commit to just get, an idea of how good they are. Maybe they know a lot. Maybe they don't know very much, but just even like a good tip in where instead of hopping on a call for an intro, just like, Hey, I'll pay you for your time. And let's show me where your, yeah. <laughs> show me where uh, your, your money or your, uh, where your mouth is. Or And you that, know <laughs> that's really, it's cool on both sides. So low commit for you. You're not committed mm-hmm. to a long-term project. It's a quick one-off kind of thing, but for them, it's a high uh, like way of converting clients. So rather than, like yeah. you said, getting spending 30 minutes to tell someone about your services and you know try to go through a discovery call or a sales call for free, they're spending they're getting paid to kind of do that discovery in the first place. And then hopefully, I, I would imagine their goal is to be so great in that 30 minutes that either they've got your 150 dollars fantastic or you're like, oh wow, that's a lot okay, I really could use help with that. How about you run? Like, and here's some Mm -hmm. services. Here's the next layer. So it's also 
you are paying them to now be a part of their funnel and to be sold, which is pretty genius on a consultant side, actually. Yeah, it's like with all of these offers and commits, it's all a value exchange on which yeah. side of the fence, who's pulling what and who's giving what. So this, I feel like is a yeah a great way to do it because they're able to show you uh, like their expertise with your context, not just here's all the 50 case studies I did, but actually get a little brain tactile into it and understanding you. Cause that's at the point is like on the, on the consumer end, you just want to know that they get you and yeah. where does their expertise align with getting you, so to speak. I think with any value exchange, that's a good, that's a good like point of resonance, if that makes yeah. sense. Absolutely. I have one where I do a one hour consulting, which I need to talk more about because I don't almost ever talk about it. But I think that's a really good point for it adds value to both parties. Both parties know they're getting something out of the the time. Um, there's like the investment is worth it. Um, and so it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm being sold. Right. Which I think is kind of circling back to the gated content and these high commits, you know, <clears throat> are email addresses used to not feel like such a high commitment. We kind of would, when they were new 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you'd throw them out for almost anything. But it's like, now you realize, wait, this is valuable real estate, or at least I do. Maybe that's maturity. Mm -hmm. Just getting older, you realize it's valuable real estate. And so it feels like a high commitment for, you don't know what you're getting on the other end. You really have to like blindly trust that there's going to be value where, you know, with these kinds of um, paid, short commitments that you were talking about earlier, you you've seen what you're going to get and you know that it's like you're, you're investing a little bit in that output, which I think is really smart. Thanks. Yeah. I think this is, uh, there's so much here. I think we could talk for hours on this, this topic, <laughs> but we should probably wrap it up for today. Absolutely. So I think that like, if we were to just say the key takeaway would be, mm-hmm. Whatever it is, your intention as the marketer, whatever you're creating, make sure that it's actually help it, helpful and serving the person and, and see it from their side. Like, don't just right. create a piece of crap so that you can get some MQLs. Like, really think about what you're creating. And when you do that, you will probably have, no, no doubt, you will have better leads and better conversions in the end anyway. So it's worth your time and worth the effort. Yeah. agree. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Adrian. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye.